0: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 352. Hello and welcome. Thanks for listening once again and downloading. Great to have your company once again. Welcome to to our first time listeners. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of Tech Guide. And I've just returned from Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference in San Jose, and we are going to take you through all of the major announcements for iPhone, iPad, Mac, Apple Watch, and much more. Also on the show, LG has launched a new 5G phone with dual screens. Samsung has announced its 98-inch 8K TV, but just wait till we tell you the price, And we take a look inside the high tech, state of the art Bankwest Stadium. And we're going to wrap things up with the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, as we said at the top, uh, we've just got back from Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference. Uh, That's their annual event they hold in San Jose. Now, a lot lot of people uh, may not know much about this event. It's an annual event, been going on for quite a while, uh, but it's not a hardware event. A a lot of people are expecting new uh, iPhones and iPads. That's not the case at all. This is where the world's best developers gather To hear the latest from Apple about their upcoming software updates. So, basically, the developers learning about the new features and tools that they can use to create their apps for all the platforms that Apple provides. So, that's the iPhone, the iPad, the Mac, Apple Watch, Apple TV. Uh, so they they have a, a better understanding of what's coming up, and also the event for developers allows them also to uh, to engage with apple engineers uh, and go to various sessions about various uh different different uh, app, uh, development applications whether it's AR kit or VR, all these various features, various coding uh, tools that have have been introduced and improved over the years as well to help make developing even easier for the platform. You've got to remember Apple is the only company that has their own software and hardware running on their device, own computer and, and smartphone company. They They've developed the hardware to work with the software and vice versa. So that's why this is a really important event uh, in terms of getting these updates and this information to developers. And, of course, for us customers, it also gives us a look at the features that we're going to see with the the new updates as well. So we're going to take you through iOS 13, iPad iPadOS. Mac and Apple Watch in the next segment and also we're going to round it out with the Mac Pro the only bit of hardware that was announced and and AR kit 3 an interesting new developer tool that we actually got a chance to try for ourselves but let's kick off with iOS 13 and anyone who's got an iPhone will be interested to hear about this. A lot of new features coming your way, and not only uh, not only cosmetic features, but also security and privacy features as well. I think the biggest uh, the biggest reaction that that the audience gave was for dark mode. This was one of the, the uh, new features that was announced, which allows users to give their phone an all-new appearance to make it even easier on your eyes. You have this, this dark background for all your apps, so each of the apps and the background customize with this darker appearance because how many times have you unlocked your phone at night or in the dark and the white screen has just dazzled your eyes? This is meant to make it a little bit easier. You can also choose to set this by default or you can engage the dark mode to come on in the evening. So just like uh, a lot of you uh, who have uh, large displays in your car, for example, in the evening you'll find that uh, after 6 o'clock the, the screen background is dark just so it's the, it's the glare from that screen isn't in your eyes when you're driving at night. So it's a similar kind of thing they're doing, they're doing here. Another first for the iPhone is a native swipe typing uh, app as well. So the keyboard on the, in iOS 13 will allow users to swipe type. The Apple calls it quick path typing. There have been third party keyboards you can use with the iPhone, but now finally Apple, years after everyone else, has decided to include this feature for themselves. Quick path typing, so you can type without lifting your finger, just connect the dots, kind of connect the letters. Uh, And the onboard machine learning apparently recognises the letters that you're connecting and converts them into those chosen words. So looking forward to using that. Another big improvement is with the maps. The map application has uh, had a complete makeover in terms of the detail of those maps, but also for the new 3D experience that is also included. Maps have the, the ex- extra detail that you're going to see with maps has come about as a result of Apple's very own land and aerial surveys they've done to add that extra data. So if you look at the map now, you will see, or US maps now, you will see that all the buildings are defined and there's so much more detail for you to look at. And then if you look at the 3D view, it's a little bit like Google Street View, but with Google Street View, it was a little bit like uh, watching a, 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 a movie in slow motion. So it's one frame, then you, if you're going to go to the next part of it, you got to press another frame, and then you go to the next part of the street. Well, with Google's, uh, with sorry, with Apple's 3D view, it's like watching a movie. It's like you're driving through the streets. It's so sharp and clear, so that they've really upped their game there. Apple says it'll complete mapping of the US in the US by the end of this year and will move to other major capital cities around the world in twenty twenty. So hopefully Sydney's on the list and Melbourne and Brisbane, all those all our cities here in Australia will get that as well next year. Another thing I mentioned earlier was privacy. Uh, Apple takes privacy very seriously. Uh, They say that it is a basic human right, privacy. We agree, of course, that privacy and security are very important, and with iOS 13, they're taking that to the next level. The biggest thing that they're getting introduced is a new feature called Sign In with Apple. Now, I'm sure you've uh, had this scenario where you've downloaded an app or maybe logged into a new website, and the first thing they ask is for you to create an account. Now there are usually you can use an email address or and create a password or there are options to sign in with Facebook and Google. Now I know a lot of people do this because they think, oh, it's the path of least resistance, it's just really easy to click on that button and they're done. But a lot of people don't realise that by clicking on those uh, sign-in with Google, with Facebook, etc., that you're basically handing over all your information, uh, your, your email address, any uh, maybe contact details, all of these things that you are basically just handing over. Now, with Sign In With Apple, users will be able to sign into that account. Well, the app would have to be adapted to accept Sign In With Apple. So what basically happens is the user controls what they share. So if you hit Sign In With Apple, you can choose to, for example, hide your email address. So rather than the app or website having your email address, Apple will randomly create a long random email and then forward any correspondence to your main email. So at any time you can delete that random email and that app will no longer have any connection to you. So it's not like they're going to keep your email address as you, if you would have signed in normally, they'll have your email address for all time. They, if you sign in with Apple, they will only have the random email address that you can simply delete when you, when you maybe not want to use that app or website anymore. Uh, that, that's a major improvement there. And app, app developers, of course, have to accommodate this new feature. Uh, so if they do want to, to offer that customer that ease of sign in yet retaining a bit more privacy they have to adapt their apps and and I think it 's in their best interest because it, it for a lot of people are sometimes put off by face signing with Facebook or signing with Google thinking oh, i don 't want to give away too much information but what this does this cuts out all the risk so signing in with Apple will probably her, help that particular apps conversion rate so if, say for example usually uh, the if, if twenty people come to an app, maybe 10 get spooked by the sign-in with Facebook or Google and thought, no, nah, I can't be bothered. But if it's sign-in with Apple and customer knows, well, there's nothing to risky, I'm just going to give this a try, the conversion rate for, for users is, is a lot higher. So I think that's why app developers will really embrace this. The other thing they, they outlined too was improvements to the uh, some camera modes, some extra portrait modes, which I think is a, is a pretty solid indicator to uh, the upcoming iPhone, which is going to have a triple camera system if all the rumours are to be believed. So they will offer these new uh, camera modes with better portrait lighting control. The other thing they're offering too is better ways to manage your photos. Now we take lots of photos anyway, but with this better camera, people are going to be encouraged to take even more. So now, through your photos is going to become easier as well and and it uses machine learning that you know when you look through your iPhone camera roll and you can say you've been out you look back through the roll and you've been somewhere and you've taken 25 photos in that one spot uh, and they're all there so you scrolling through all your photos you could have 10,000 photos in there it takes even longer so what are the iOS 13 will do, thanks to this machine learning, it'll hide similar photos to give you a better overview of what's in your camera roll. It will also hide things like screenshots, receipts, so that all that clutter's gone and you just see your photographs. You'll also be able to pinch and zoom to to make the album, the images in your album bigger or smaller to get through them or to see more detail without actually having to open the photo as well. They'll also, iOS 13 will allow you too to group your images in days, months and years so you can relive your memories uh, like never before. Uh, uh, That's going to be a cool feature uh, with iOS 13. Uh, the other thing too, Siri has improved. Not no, not not in terms of well, it's already pretty smart. But what's improved is just how clearly it can speak. It's using neural text to speech technology to sort of reduce the staccato flavor to the voice it wasn't too bad anyway but they they played the ios 12 version and the ios 13 version and siri sounds a lot more polished and natural and i think uh, customers are going to really enjoy it uh on the messaging front siri here siri's already talking in the background okay siri be quiet (laughs) (laughs) Siri heard me. Uh, Moving on to messages. uh, When receiving a message, actually, speaking of uh, Siri, Siri can actually read out your messages and allow you to reply using just your voice. That's on your phone. Uh, That's going to be handy as well. Uh, Audio sharing. This is an interesting one too. You can now pair two sets of AirPods to one iPhone. So imagine you're both watching maybe the same movie on a plane or want to listen to the same song. Two pairs of AirPods, one iPhone, bang, you can hear (laughs) you <laughs> Now I don't know how how much you enjoyed your emojis. These are these little cartoon representation of yourself. Uh, and when they were introduced, it was pretty basic. Yet you, you could you know choose a hair color, a hairstyle, face shape, and and eyes and stuff like that. And you kind of look like yourself. But what they've done now with the new emojis, they've actually added even more detail. So imagine you can have even more choices of hairstyles. You can add makeup, uh, different teeth and tooth gaps and Piercings and makeup. Uh, I've already said makeup, hats, glasses. All these different ways to customize how you look, so uh, you can uh, be even more, add even add even more detail to your memoji, and uh, and then you can even turn them into a sticker pack and use them across a whole a wider range of apps, not just messages, but also emails and even third party apps as well. CarPlay. That's another improvement. Uh, Apple has redesigned the CarPlay dashboard to give you a better view of your journey. Rather than you just having a grid of apps on your screen, now what's going to be the focus of your screen is the map, so you'll see where you're going. Within other frequently used apps on the side and then also you get a better view of Apple Music as well. So it's the, the two things you use in the car probably more than anything else on CarPlay is Maps and your music and they're going to put them up front which is a really smart thing to do. Moving along, uh, iOS 13 by the way is only going to be there for the iPhone. It used to be iOS you was shared between iPhone and iPad well iPad now has its own iPhone so it's going to be the iPad OS which will have a lot of the iOS 13 features and DNA in there but the this is giving it its own identity so that it is sort of acknowledges the fact that not only is it a bigger screen it's not just an oversized phone it's a bigger screen it's got this larger canvas for developers to to create their apps for but it's also more like a computer it's more like a laptop uh, so developers needed this distinction I think and so they've added some cool features to bring it even closer to that feel of a laptop and especially on the multitasking front there's already slide over which is a way for you to bring in um, your, a second app on the screen there's also the split view as well so you can just have two apps on the side slide over is when you have a secondary app hovering on the side and allows you then with iPadOS to scroll through a number of those other apps that are just running at the same time. So uh, you can easily get between apps much faster. Uh so th- that's pretty cool as well. What they've also done on the home screen, you can actually bring in your widgets. Now anyone with an iPhone, if you swipe to the right, you'll see from the home page, swipe to the right, you'll see your widgets. So it's got your the weather, it's got all these little shortcuts, the most recently used apps and things like that, your calendar entries. Now those widgets can actually sit on the home page. So the the grid of apps is slightly smaller, but the widget will be right next to it on the, on the home page, which is really handy as well. Uh, The other improvement uh, is uh, a really nice redesign of the file structure. Anyone anyone who's used a Mac will know that you can go through your files in various grid views, column views, so it's just easier to drill down to the actual content you need. Uh, But what they're going to do now is add other features, and this is one of my favourites. You can now add uh, or read an external hard drive or a USB drive on the iPad, how good's that, that, was, that wasn't possible before, when the iPad Pro came out with the USB-C, I, that's the first thing I thought of was how good is it going to be to connect an external hard drive and read your stuff, see your data, Well, it didn't work then with with the iOS 12, so it was kind of a a feature that was there that really didn't deliver on what customers wanted in terms of making it more like a computer. Well, now Apple, I think, has heard the call and have uh, made that change, so you can read your USB drive or an external hard drive directly on your iPad, or the iPad Pro, I'm assuming, because you probably need the USB-C for that to work. We will test that out. I don't know whether it might work with lightning, but uh, I'm, I'm happy to make that one of the tests I do in my review. Uh, they've done some other things too. Another cool feature, and this is, uh, we'll mention this in the Mac update as well. There's a new feature called Sidecar which may basically turns your Mac into a your sorry your iPad into a second screen for your Mac whether it's a desktop whether it's a laptop you can now extend your desktop so have more room to move or mirror your desktop so you might want to for example show someone what you're doing on the screen or you might want to work on a document that is on your Mac now you remember iPad Apple Pencil support, so you can maybe annotate or, or edit documents, draw on things that are sitting on your iMac through your connected iPad as well. That is a pretty cool feature. OS as well as iOS 13, they're going to be available as public betas in July. That's next month. So you can sign up to that, install them straight away on your phone, and the official version will be released sometime in September before the new iPhone launches. Exciting stuff there. We're going to talk about other stuff from the conference. But in the meantime, if you want to read more about the iOS 13 update and iPad OS, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Moving along, we're now going to talk about the new Mac OS and also Apple Watch, uh, Watch OS 6 were also announced at the Worldwide Developers Conference. Now, the biggest story I think to come out of the Apple Worldwide Developers Conference, I did, I did a few TV crosses and I did a lot of radio interviews and, uh, all the, all they seem to be obsessed about is the fact that iTunes is no more iTunes is gone. You will not find iTunes uh, on Mac OS Catalina. That's the name they've given. Apple, their naming convention for their operating systems for the Mac, it's normally named after a Californian landmark. Now, in the past, we've had Mavericks. We've had El Capitan. We've had Yosemite. We've had Mojave. That was the most recent one. Catalina is the latest. Now, what you won't find in Catalina is iTunes. iTunes uh, is no more. iTunes started out, oh, 19, 18 years ago now, and it was obviously purely music. That's what it's called, iTunes. But over the years, iTunes then inherited video, and then there were podcasts and this, and TV shows, rentals, buying, rent, and renting movies. So all this stuff was all poured into iTunes, and it became this big, fat application that was a little bit tricky for customers to navigate so what apple has done rather than keeping that uh, that going apple's decided to retire itunes i'd rather rather say retire than kill they've retired itunes and in in its place they've created not one but three apps so you're now going to have apple music apple tv and Apple Podcasts. So that makes it really clear to the customer, to the user, where their stuff is. So your music will obviously be in, no prizes for guessing, Apple Music. If you've got video content, movies, TV shows, that'll be in Apple TV. And if you want to listen to podcasts, including this one, you're going to find it in Apple Podcasts. And for those people who are concerned, oh, look, I've got a massive iTunes library. I've bought a lot of movies. They're still going to be there. They're not going anywhere. You'll just find them in their respective apps. So if it's all music that you've got, it'll be in Apple Music. If you've downloaded a heap of movies and TV shows, they're going to be in Apple TV. And if you've preferenced or subscribed to a lot of podcasts, hopefully including this one, you'll be able to find that in Apple Podcasts. So nothing's missing. They've just streamlined it a little bit and... Uh, it's just making it a little bit easier for the customers. And you gotta to remember too, Apple Music is already a streaming service for Apple, so customers know exactly where to go. Later this year, Apple TV Plus will be another service that customers can access, and that's another of the apps that are going to be there as well. So clear channels where customers can find the content Buy the content, stream the content, it's all there. So it's nothing, Apple's giving us more, not less, despite the fact that iTunes, it's not called iTunes anymore. So that was sort of the main thrust of the Mac OS Catalina, but there are other features uh, as as uh, we'll talk about. Sidecar being one of them. I mentioned that earlier with uh, with the iPad OS. So with the you can mirror the iPad, use the iPad to mirror your screen, extend your screen. So whether you're using a MacBook Pro or an iMac, it will work either way. So that's a pretty cool thing as well. Also on board. They've also uh, included on the Mac now the Find My app. This is particularly interesting if you're if you've got a MacBook Pro or a MacBook Air, so a laptop, an Apple laptop. Uh, this will now have the this app will now allow you to locate it if it has, God forbid, been stolen or you've lost it. So what it's going to do is going to bring together the features that were used in Find My iPhone, which is obviously for the iPhone, and Find My Friends. So basically, it's really simple to set up. What do you do if your Mac or is stolen or misplaced. So with if it's running OS Catalina, Mac OS Catalina, even when it's off, offline, and sleeping, the Mac laptop can still send out Bluetooth signals that are get this detected by nearby Apple devices and these Apple devices won't even know they're detecting it it's all anonymous and this information is then relayed so that so that's kind of creating a location for this triangulating a location so this is then relayed back to the user uh, so you can find your Mac your MacBook and that's relayed back to you to your cloud account or to your iPhone wherever you need to be and this is all Anonymous information encrypted end-to-end, so no one knows the identity of any of the reporting devices. So you'll be able to uh, find your misplaced laptop uh, if it comes to that. The other cool feature is voice control. This is amazing. They did a great demonstration here where you can completely control uh, your Mac. Uh, it's also going to be uh, rolled out to the to iOS and iPad OS as well for iPhone and iPad. But this was gives complete control uh, with your voice, so you can open files, scroll web pages and documents, open and compose emails, uh, add links just by using your voice and they gave gave a great demo where there was a user who he was in a wheelchair didn't have didn't couldn't type or could only use his voice to operate the computer but he was opening documents and attaching them and opening emails and pinpointing places on a map and just by using his voice and how he uh, drilled down to certain parts of the screen or a document. He'd create a grid. He, he said, create grid. And this was in particular for when he was looking at a map. So uh, he just named... He said, create grid. And then all the grids were created with numbers. And then he said... He selected number 23. And that was the part of the map that was attached to an email. So re- really clever and and just gives... Anyone, especially people obviously disabled, haven't got the motor skills to to operate a keyboard, to to operate their Mac with and, and enjoy the power of their computer just as anyone, an able bodied user, can as well. So that's a really cool feature there, too. Moving on to Apple Watch, and we're up to Watch OS six now for Apple Watch, and I've got to say I was impressed with these features that they rolled out here. Uh, some pretty significant updates we're going to be seeing. A lot of new features and a lot of new capabilities as well. Uh, the The one that caught my eye was the new streaming API uh, that functionality. So, what will that means, you users will be able to stream audio content like music radio, sporting events, podcasts, directly to Apple Watch. So if you leave your iPhone at home and you haven't loaded up a podcast or music, you can stream it through the watch. You've got to have Bluetooth earphones on, of course, but it streams to, you need a SIM card in your phone as well, in your watch as well. So less reliance on the iPhone and you can still hear your stuff, hear your music, hear your podcasts, hear the game, the live game. Other new features as well, they've added a voice recorder. So on your wrist, you can record uh, voice memos. The other other thing they've done too is uh, there's obviously a lot of health health and wellness features. One of them was particularly interesting. One of them was being able to detect your current decibel level around you. Uh, so this is kind of a, a way to warn you that if you've been in a loud environment, re, you know, repeated exposure to noise of that level can affect your hearing. And your hearing is something that uh, you don't know is being affected until it's too late. It's not like one day you got hearing and then the next day it's, you got nothing. Hearing loss is a gradual thing. And if you can avoid being in loud places, it's going to protect your hearing as well. The other thing they had too, and this was a, 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 they did make quite a, a big deal about this, and rightly so, a new feature on Apple Watch called Cycle Tracking. For you few for you ladies who are tracking your monthly cycle uh, and are and particularly interested of course to know when you're going to get your next period when you're going to have a fertile period when you, you know the the time where if you want to have a baby you know that okay i got this, these next four days it's go time that that's when we can maybe get pregnant if you're if you're looking to do that otherwise you you can just sort of you can monitor your your cycle uh and just to have information there to help you track track your cycle also it's great to not only help you, but also if your doctor needs some more information about your cycle, uh, this cycle tracking can help you relay that information uh, if you want to. And of course, as I mentioned, if you're uh, if you're having a, if you're looking to have a baby, you want to be able to track track your cycle. And this again uses machine learning to sort of determine when these various periods are uh, during during your cycle, and then it will identify this uh, fertile few days that you have if uh, you're ovulating and you're. Start- right it's time now if you want to we try to have a baby these are the days we need to try so for you expectant uh, parents out there for parents uh young young men and women who want to get together to have children uh young married couples for example this is a great way to get started and the apple watch on your wrist could help you do that it can help you conceive your first child not well you're doing all the work but the apple watch is helping you Keep track of your cycle. Knowledge is power here, and any information you can get to help you uh, ladies and the men, that can only be a good thing. So that wraps up Apple Watch. If you want to read more about the Mac OS and the Apple Watch, so Watch OS 6, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. All right,y lastly from the worldwide developers conference, we're going to talk about AR kit and we're going to wrap up with the Mac Pro. But firstly, AR Kit now, augmented reality is a pretty big deal for Apple. They, they've really made it easier for developers to create to include augmented reality in their creations. Uh, and with the new AR Kit three, which was unveiled at the Worldwide Developers Conference, it gives a lot. Of, it gives developers a lot of power and and ways to include AR uh, in such a way that would have normally taken hours if not days and weeks to develop themselves so what it's basically done it's introduced some two new features Uh, so it's one is motion capture where you can just easily integrate human movement by filming someone making those movements so if you want your character in your game or whatever you're doing to wave their arms and do things like that you can get someone to actually do that and then the, those movements will be recorded then for the movements you want to capture in your app as well. The other new feature is people occlusion, where AR content can show up in front of or behind people at the same time. So it creates this more immersive AR experience. We got to try this with a game that takes advantage of this technology. The game was called Swift Strike. And what it basically is, is you uh, against an opponent and you use your iPad to steer a large bowling ball around a little court and behind you are your pins. But what you need to do is knock down the pins of the person in front of you. So you're moving forward, they're trying to knock down the pins behind you And you're using your iPad as both a a way to knock the ball forward, but also for you to see your surroundings as well. So it's it's doubling up there. Before you can only see stuff. Now you can see and interact with the stuff at the same time. So uh, we had a, a big bowling ball in front of us, but we could also interact with it at the same time. Meanwhile, there were our pins were behind us, and other objects were that were they were able to be present within that game all at the same time. Uh, ARKit 3 uh, also brings in the front camera to track up to three faces at the same time uh, and and at the same time use the back camera as well. So the cameras both front and back are utilized are being utilized to create an even better shared AR experience. If you want to check out that video, it is on our story about AR Kit 3. There's a picture a video of myself playing Swift Strike against my good mate Trevor Long. You'll see that on our story on tech guide. Moving along to the Mac Pro. Now this is this was the only bit of hardware that was announced At the show, Uh, and this was like this is Mac's Apple's supercomputer, the Mac Pro, for these really high-end creative professionals. Uh, I'm not even going to go into the stats of this. The only stat I'm going to tell you is that you can have up to 1.5 terabytes of RAM. So normally you've got 16 or 32 gig of RAM. I've got 32 gig of RAM on my iMac right now. With the Mac Pro, you can have 1.5 terabytes of RAM. That's how powerful this thing is. No, no, the CPU performance is just off the charts. Uh, you can do things like play three simultaneous 8K video streams or they did a great demo on stage using the Logic Pro audio uh, application where they ran... You know how when you're creating music and there's all different tracks, you might have the drum track, you might have the audio, the the vocal track. What they did, they ran 1,000 audio tracks at the same time within that one application. That's normally something that takes like two high-end or three high-end PCs to achieve that kind of power. So that's uh, some pretty amazing demonstrations right there. Now, under the hood, you can have up to what twenty eight core Intel Xeon processor. But the whole idea of the, the Mac Pro, it is, it is, it's more so you can upgrade and customize the computer to suit your needs. And you got to remember, this is for those creative professionals who need so much. Pr- processing power a lot of grunt to if to maybe edit video or they might be a special effects artist that has a lot of rendering or uh, a photographer so wh- whatever it is that they, they need they can customize the multi-core workstation processor to handle that for them so you can have uh, this modular design to allow you to include more than one graphics card, for example, but a super high end graphics p- performance you, that you'll get. Uh, but while that's all great, they also announced a, uh, a a display as well. So the Mac the Mac Pro doesn't come with the display; you got to buy the display separately. The display, by the way, is next level. Uh, in terms of 6K retina um, resolution, it's 4K HDR monitor, 1600 nits of brightness, a million-to-one contrast ratio, and it's a 32-inch monitor as well. So what Apple has done is basically taken LED technology and reinvented it to suit creative professionals because one thing that that reference monitors don't do is uh, maintain brightness for a long time. Uh, They don't have very good contrast ratio. Uh, And so... Reference monitors for those wondering what that is is what, what what say Hollywood editors or people working in the in the maybe the the motion picture industry editing whatever even special effects people they use these reference monitors, which as their name suggests is like reference quality in terms of color uh, and, and contrast and, and these reference monitors they showed us a couple there they can be up to forty eight thousand dollars that's these, these specialized displays. Well, what Apple's come up with here is the Pro Display XDR, which is 5000 US dollars. That doesn't include the stand, by the way. The stand is another $1,000. So they're giving that reference monitor quality at a fraction of the price. You might think, wow, 5000 for a display. Well, when you think, compare it to the price of a of reference monitor, this is much, much cheaper, and it's much, much better. I saw them all side by side the Mac Pro Display XDR blew them all out of the water. It was amazing. Now, the Mac Pro, the computer part of it, is $5,999. So let's call it $6,000. In Aussie dollars, let's call it $10,000. The display will be, let's call it $9,000 or $8,500 Aussie dollars. So you're looking at a solid investment here. And again, this isn't meant for someone who's just going to maybe check their email and look at the internet from time to time. These are for those high-end users. So uh, this isn't for everyone. Probably the people listening to me right now, this is 99% of you, this computer is just too much. It's like getting a space shuttle when you need a Toyota Corolla. It's just this massively powerful computer that is uh, just the next level in terms of supercomputing. One funny thing, though, that came out of this, and this was referred to on social media, when it was first revealed, you know, Apple do those really cool videos where you see all these close-ups and then they reveal the product, and the first thing people thought of, now you've got to remember, this is an enclosure, aluminium, looks beautiful, front and back of the, of the enclosure uh, are a lot of holes, ventilation holes to keep the inside cool, so it's, sort of, you know, it's a heat sink. Uh, and all these holes on the front, handle on the back, two legs. From the front, a lot of people said, and uh, you'll see so the tweets I've embedded in my story, that it looks like a massive cheese grater. They called it the cheese grater. So there were a lot of people on social media, and I have embedded them in my story, who uh, were were putting up their own versions of the Mac Pro, and they were were pictures of cheese graters, of course. But uh, a bit of a laugh there. But look, in all seriousness, this is one super, super, super computer that is remarkable and, again, aimed at those very, very high-end users. You want to read more about the AR Kit 3 and the Mac Pro? You can check them out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. That's the company that can protect you and your family online. We live in a world where hackers are constantly finding new ways to steal our personal information. And because we spend so much time online, it's quite possible we could find ourselves in a cyber criminal sites. The Norton team is dedicated to keeping people safe online no matter how they connect. So whether you're paying bills on your phone, shopping on your tablet or banking on your laptop, Norton Security Premium is working hard behind the scenes to help keep your information, your identity, and your devices protected. For more information on how to protect your digital life, visit au.norton.com. All righty, moving on to other other tech matters for the week. Uh, Apple Worldwide Developers Conference, we were away all of last week, but there were other things happening in the world, including the launch of the LG V50. This is LG's very first 5G device. And this ain't any old device. This is a 5G phone that has dual screens. So the LG V50 ThinQ 5G is its full name it offers a 6.4-inch Quad HD plus OLED screen and a secondary 6.2-inch display. So you can use the V50 on its own, so its own single screen, but if you want the dual screen happening, you can just attach, it's like putting on a case on the main phone, and then you open it up and there's that second screen. And this is included in the price. So this dual screen accessory is in the box so you can use this to extend your desktop or to make it, you can use the top half for one thing, for multitasking, maybe you might have a YouTube video running, you're answering your emails in the bottom half, so you can you can choose to use this however you want. The second screen, by the way, is powered from the main phone anyway, so no need to keep this accessory charge, it draws power from the device anyway. The dual screen can sit at two angles, 104 or 180, so you can open it up, You can tent it up if you want to watch, two people want to watch something 180 degrees. If you maybe want to, you may be having, maybe playing a game where the top screen is all the action. Bottom screen is all your controls. The problem with playing a game on a phone where it's touchscreen controls is you're actually covering up the screen when you're playing something. Not the case uh, with the LG V55G with this amazing dual screen. And as I said, that second screen runs off the phone's battery, so you'll never be short of a charger. You'll never have to charge it anyway. Uh, it is uh, powered by a Qualcomm Snapdragon 855 mobile platform. With the Snapdragon X55 5G modem on board, it's also got a 4,000 milliamp hour battery, which is larger than the battery that was found on the V40, which was also a pretty cool device. Camera-wise, you've got five lenses with the system incorporating a new video depth control on both the front and rear cameras. On the audio side, and this is what I like about LG phones, I always pay attention to audio quality. And this is no exception. You get excellent audio quality, quality stereo performance with or without headphones. It also uses this amazing boombox speaker feature. So what happens, It the, the screen of the V50 acts as a resonance chamber to deliver that amazing bass. So if you love your music, the V50 has got you covered right there. The V50, it's going to have that, including the dual screen accessory, it's available this week through Telstra. It's going to be priced at 1728 bucks. that's the outright price, of course, it's going to be also offered on a range of plans. The dual screen, as I said, gives you plenty of options for usage, whether you want to be a multitasker, whether you want to play this amazing immersive game, or any way you want to use it. It's a nice device, and unique in the fact that it offers you the two screen. so rather than having like a folding phone, this is a gives you the option of having a two-screen phone, and And with that accessory, it folds up. It's not too fat, uh, so it gives you that option. You can can pop out the main phone and just use a single screen, pop it in that dual-screen accessory, and then suddenly you've got two screens. If you want to read more about the LG v 55 g you can check that out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Next up, let's talk TVs, and this ain't no ordinary TV. We're talking the Samsung 98-inch 8K QLED TV. Now, earlier this year, Samsung had already released a range of 8K TVs. They had a 65-inch that was $9,999. They had a 75-inch, which was a lot more than that. They also had an 82-inch model. And now they've come up with a 98-inch. So the 65-inch, $9,999. The 75-inch, $12,999. The 82-inch, $17,499. But now we have the 98-inch QLED, biggest TV available in Australia. Now, 8K is being brought to us because we are we are moving towards larger displays, larger screens. You think about, if anyone's shopping for a TV this year, they're probably looking at 75 inches and larger. And 4K on a screen that size is good, not great. If you're sitting close to the TV, near the TV, you see a lot of pixels, and you, you get a decent experience, but it, it could be better. That's the reason why 8K is here, which is four times the resolution of 4K. So even if your nose is three centimetres from the screen, you won't see any pixels on an 8K TV. So 65-inch, 75-inch, 82-inch, and along comes the 98-inch, which has all those features on those other TVs. So uh, it's got the same picture quality, AI, amazing upscaling as well. So upscales to 8K quality and all the connectivity that you have with those other 8K TVs, but just much, much bigger, ninety-eight inch TV. Now, people will probably be thinking of this as a, an amazing thing to have in their home, and this this kind of product does not come cheap. And we're going to tell you that if you've got a hundred thousand dollars, you'll get one dollar change. It's ninety-nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine bucks. So if you've got a few coin, fair bit of coin in the bank and a lot of room, this is a pretty big TV, you need a fair bit of space, then this could be your next TV, 98 inches. This is massive. So Samsung leading the way with a massive television, biggest TV you can buy in Australia, and guess what? The biggest price tag as well. And we've got pictures of it. If you want to check it out, head over to techguide.com.au. well bank west stadium it 's a brand new state of the arts uh, venue in uh, the western suburbs of sydney it 's the new home ground for Parramatta the Parramatta eels in the nrl it 's also being used by the West Tigers as well the rugby league team the unC rugby played there as well uh, a league soccer also uh, we got a chance to actually visit We went to the south south parramatta v south 's game in round twelve. And we weren't there just to watch the Rabbitohs. They lost that game, unfortunately. But what we were there for was to experience not only the, the technology within the stadium, but also the new app that they've released as well to, uh, for, for users to, uh, who attend Bankwest Stadium. It's a rewards app. So uh, it's called Score. So, what it does is basically incentivizes fans to keep coming to the ground. They get rewarded every time they come there they think, "Ah, oh, you might them you might have been to three games okay you 're going to get ten percent off your food today so it really gives you that opportunity to build up these rewards the more you attend Bankwest Stadium. And every user who who logs in, creates an account, they get assigned a unique QR code. So anywhere in the venue where they buy food, beverages or merchandise, they scan that code and their rewards build up. So uh, you may get something free on your fourth visit or something like that. So it is a really good way to incentivize the, the, the fans coming to the ground uh, and they registered to earn these rewards. Anyone, by the way, who creates an account on the Bankwest app goes in the running to win a Mitsubishi Triton valued at $48,000. Uh, that's a pretty good incentive right there. So uh, during our tour of the stadium, we were shown the app as well and it, it is not just uh, about earning points and things like that, but it's also for convenience. What we were impressed by was you can find out information about where you're sitting, what the nearest food stalls, food vendors are around you. Uh, And at the moment, you can just view the menu, but down the track, they tell me that you'll be able to order from the app, from your seat without missing any of the action. So basically what you do is you'll be told what the nearest Uh, the nearest vendors are, the food outlets are, and then you can choose off the menu so you can make your order. Your order goes to that particular food vendor and then you'll get a notification when your food's ready. So rather than you spending time lining up to order and then lining up to, to waiting for the food to be prepared and then taking it back to your seat, All of that can be done with you still sitting in your seat watching the game. So, all you'll do, you get a notification, you'll get a number, and then you rock up, show them your number. They give hand over your food. You've already paid for it with your credit card, so no having to worry about cash. Done and dusted really really cool idea that I'm looking forward to trying out myself and as I said you can be given rewards you can be given incentives so maybe if you attend four matches you might they might say okay because you've been here that many times we're going to give you ten percent off all your food or twenty percent off your beverages or here's a free piece of pecan pie that you can claim wherever the uh, wherever that particular food item is available all they're going to do is scan your QR code and and you've got it So uh, a really interesting approach here. The the, the app also gives you a link to upcoming events. It's linked directly to Ticketek, so you can purchase tickets. You can see your location within the stadium as well. So it's it's really uh, streamlined the whole uh, attending live matches. It's really streamlined that whole exercise. But also, as I said, encouraging people to come to the game rather than sitting at home. They can be at the ground earning these incentives having the convenience of being able to do for example order your food from your seat and all that sort of stuff so it just makes that experience just a little bit better and all you do, and hopefully your team wins uh on this particular night my team didn't win it was a bit uh bit upsetting but anyway the stadium itself though i've got to say uh technology wise is remarkable the wi-fi in there is the fastest public wi-fi we've ever seen we linked up, we were getting like 140, 150 megabits per second download speeds. It was remarkable. Uh, the, the suites, uh, the corporate suites also allow, where they've got speaker systems all through the ground. They've got this amazing LED lighting system that can put on these amazing uh, light shows as well. But if you're in the in the suite, for example, and you want to sort of hear a bit more of the crowd noise, sort of add the atmosphere to bring that atmosphere into the suite, you can choose what section of the station you want to pipe into the suite, which I thought was really interesting. And you might want to choose to say you're there watching Souths play. You might want to pipe in the borough where the stand where the borough is sitting. That's the the uh, the fans uh, of the of the Rabbitohs. Or maybe you're at a soccer match and your your fans are sitting at one particular end. You can pipe that into the suite as well. Audio quality, by the way, in the stadium has been perfected by audio engineers, so the acoustics are superb, as we'll discover when the first concerts are held there as well. So Bankwest Stadium, state-of-the-art facilities, really great viewing conditions, you're right close to the action, really steep seating, the, the ground floor, it's like you can reach out and touch the players on the sideline, it's so close. But also that high-tech there, the app as well, a great experience all around. If you want to hear more about that story, check it out, techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. They're also the company behind Orbi, the award-winning system that makes your Wi-Fi faster and takes your Wi-Fi further. And they've issued the Orbi home Wi-Fi challenge. They've challenged anyone who buys an Orbi Wi-Fi system. If it does not improve your Wi-Fi across the board, they will give you your money back. And guess what? Not one single person has asked for their money back. So Orbi can really help out at home. In today's modern household, Orbi's tri-band Wi-Fi system lets you stream your favorite movies in 4K and play online games by providing ultra-fast Wi-Fi no matter how many devices are connected. Orbi plugs in your existing modem and is really easy to set up with just a couple of clicks. And not only does it work great, it looks great too and blends into your home's decor. is the easiest, fastest, and most expansive and advanced mesh Wi-Fi network available today. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi, better Wi-Fi everywhere. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Okay, some quick questions on the help desk. One question was from a reader who said, now that we don't have iTunes, where can we back up our iPhone and iPad? Great question. What will happen now on the Mac OS if you plug in your phone or iPad, it will show up in your Finder. So it'll show up like an external hard drive. When you click on that in in the Finder, it will give you the same backup options that you used to have in iTunes. So you still can back up, It'll just happen through the Finder instead of through uh, the uh, through iTunes. The other question I had was: uh, I'm looking to spend about two to three thousand dollars. I've got to want to create a home theater system. Uh, he wants to spend two to three thousand on a projector. Should he go four K? Can it? Is it in his price bracket, or should he go HD instead? My answer to that was definitely go for the four K. What's happened is BenQ, they've had a lot of success with their home cinema projectors. They've launched a range of new home cinema projectors. We wrote about them back in March this year, uh, and they start as low as $2,999. Actually, no, $2,499 for the W2700, which is 4K, but the W5700 are slightly better specs in terms of contrast ratio and brightness. That's $3,999 which a few years ago, a 4K, a full 4K projector would have cost you over $10,000. So BenQ, good luck. I've actually written about that. If you want to check that out, it's out, that's on Tech Guide. The last question on this week's help desk is all about converting your VHS to DVD. Uh, this is a very popular question I get asked a lot. Uh, what I've found, and I've used this myself, the Roxio VHS to DVD. I think you can buy it at Officeworks and other various places. That works really well, but you've got to keep in mind you need to have a working VCR. It's all—it's all okay to have a whole bunch of box full of VHS tapes, but you need a VCR to play those tapes. And then the little USB device then connects from the player, uh, connects the player to your computer, and then digitizes the the playback. So need a working VCR as well as having the Roxio VHS to DVD. And we've also written about that on Tech Guide as well. And that's all we've got for you this week. Everything that we've talked about on the show, you can find at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch send us an email, info at or you can send us a voice bite, hit that record button and record your question, and we'll play it right here on the show. A special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thank you for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. <laughs>